Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. As, um, as Mark was saying, it's a long time coming. You might remember when we were doing the series back in December, one when I was hosting, I was up the front and I said um, about during the week, go away and, and where you're driving or you're looking at something, look at what's in the distance, look at it from another perspective. Um, well, I was going to do the sermon the following week, and um, uh, things didn't really go to plan that week, so um, now, a few weeks later, here I am with the sermon. Um, so um, I'm going to show a clip in a moment, of a song, but back in November, early December, we um, had six sermons titled the Red Letter series. Now, the Red Letters, uh, as you probably know, uh, are the words that Jesus spoke while he was on earth. Um, the focus of those sermons was, I am. Uh, for example, I am the Good Shepherd. Today, I want to take those scriptures and look at them from another perspective. Um, so, hence why I'd asked you to look into the distance. Um, and I want to look from the context of who am I? Um, so I'm going to briefly revisit those scriptures, summarise a few of those key points, and then offer some thoughts about those uh, and how we can apply those um, scriptures uh, in our spiritual lives and in our daily lives. So we'll run the, the clip. All right. Um, so the first... Um, uh, sermon we had was I am he from John 4:26, uh, and in this chapter um, Jesus talks to the woman at the well and uh, from verse 21 woman Jesus replied believe me a time is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem you Samaritans worship what you do not know we worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in the truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in the truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes... He will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Now, the historical relevance of I am um, comes from Exodus chapter 3, and we recount the story of Moses and the burning bush and the Israelites' exodus from Egypt and from slavery. So a few verses out of there, um, verse 6. Then he said, I am the God your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Skipping down a few verses. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I that have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, 
Suppose I go to the Israelites and they say to me, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. These were all of the sermons that, um, that we were talking about through that series. Um, so the verses and just the, the brief um, lines that they were about. So now, just coming back to um, the first couple, God saying, I am, and Jesus saying, I am he. So, um, so the, the picture there, of course, representing the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The key point for us is that I am is a clear reference to God the Father, and I am he is a clear reference to Jesus the Messiah, our Saviour who died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And it is at the foot of the cross that we discover who Jesus Christ is. And from that point, we can discover who am I. The second uh, sermon we had was um, John 6.35, I am the bread of life. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. A few verses on. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Now, uh, this sermon was one that Jeremy taught, and um, Jeremy explained that Jesus would often teach using stories known as parables to explain his points. Um, Jesus would use both figurative and uh, literal language um, to explain his points. Now, by this stage, Jeremy had me on the edge of my seat, you know, being an accountant, and he's talking about figurative language, and I'm thinking, what, numbers becoming words and becoming sentences? It's like, whoa, this is great. Um, But then Jeremy sort of explained the verse. When Jesus said, I am the bread of life, Jesus was not actually bread that we could eat. So he, he wasn't a loaf of bread, so that's a, a literal meaning. Um, what he was saying is, he was saying Jesus is, in a figurative sense, the bread of life. He gives us everything we need to sustain ourselves. Um, so rather, it was belief in Jesus as the risen Saviour, Son of God, would lead us to eternal life. The next uh, sermon in the series from John 10, verse 11, was, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A few verses on. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Why does the Bible compare people to sheep? Um, because, and this is what I've read, because they're one of the most dependent creatures in the world. They must trust the shepherd for everything they need, and that's how God wants you to live, in dependence on him. Um, Now, I'm not really a sheep sort of guy. I've got a a bit of a lifestyle block, and and I'm more into cattle. Um, And um, 
cattle like sheep need to recognise your voice. So this morning I had to go and shift them and they're in one of these little corner paddocks and the, the gate is in the corner and there's a few trees on the boundary that run there so it's probably one of the worst to get them in. Um, so I opened the gate and one or two went in and ran down and the others sort of ran back on this side of the fence. So. I was having a little bit of a meltdown at that time, sort of going, why, you little? And, <laughs> um, and so I was needing, needing a, a little bit of help. Um, but the interesting thing is these calves now, I'd sort of got in, in August, and um, the first morning after they arrived, I went out there and I sort of walked in the paddock, and um, there's 16 of them, and they just went this way and that way, and they just ran. Um, but over the... The next month or so, you know, uh, I'd move them every day, so I'd move them into a, to another paddock or another break. I'd call them, come on, come on, and slowly but surely they get used to my voice, and then as I took the, the fence down or opened the gate, through they'd go. You know, you always look for the one or two leaders there, and if you get them going, then you're away. Um, and... Uh, that trust and dependence is really important um, as the cattle get older um, because at 300 um, kilos, um, we'll get to, do I need to hold that down Andy or what? Oh, yeah, at 300 odd kilos, you really want them sort of trusting you and following you uh, as opposed to sort of this scenario where they sort of might be walking and going wherever they want. Um, yeah. So the same applies for us in our daily lives and in our relationship with God. We need to know the voice of the Good Shepherd. For us, that means we need to spend time in that relationship through reading the Word uh, and or in prayer. Um, so the question comes to mind, so what does the voice of the Good Shepherd sound like? Well, for some, you may hear God's voice in an audible sense, just like I'm talking to you, you may hear God's voice. Um, for others, it's not an audible voice. It, it might be a word or a situation uh, or a person's name that you get come to mind. Um, again, you know, that, that may just be God placing that situation or name into into um, into your head, into your thinking space. Uh, a good example, during the week, uh, we just prayed for Elliot and Joel as they go, you know, so I get their names during the week. Um, you know, I don't think that's just sort of me in my day sort of going, oh, I wonder how Elliot and Joel are sort of getting on in terms of planning. That's God sort of talking to us. Um, there may others amongst us here today and certainly out in the wider um, world who don't really know what, we, what I'm talking about when I say God talks to us. They may never have heard God's voice. Um, so, uh, and, and a couple of examples within, here, within our church, quite often Murray will say, I've had a word or I've had a vision and he will talk to us about that. Um, or David Messant, quite often during the worship will we'll have um, a message for us that he's been given. So those are examples of, of hearing from God, his, his word. So what do we say when we pray? There we go there. 
Um, so, oh, hang on, no, we've gone too, gone too far. Here we are. Um, so, so this one, this is compliments of Google. Um, they, they, uh, they've got up there. Um, they say some easy and simple steps that you can follow to say your prayer. Okay, so obviously it's about getting in the right place, the right environment. Um, but they're saying, praise your God, ask for forgiveness, pray for blessings, and thank God. And it said chant. I was a bit uncomfortable with chant, so I gave that the big super strike out. Um, but finish with amen. Okay? Um, and so the Lord's Prayer is, is one that I quite often might start my prayers with. Um, and it encompasses some of those points. Um, personally, um, I think asking for forgiveness of sins is important. Um, it removes any obstruction between you and God. Um, and we only have to think back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to see the effect of sin in our lives and sin in that relationship. Um, and we need to pray for blessings um, we need to be bold and proactive and pray for blessings um, for, the, for today, for the week, for your life ahead, for family, for friends, for the community. Too often, I think, um, as people, we pray reactively. We're praying into situations that have already occurred, um, you know, for relationships, for well-being. Um, and that's well and good, but we need to be bold. We need to be praying you know, ahead of time. The next um, sermon we had was John 14, 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words say to you, Sorry, the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who, who is doing his work. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that my Father's name may be glorified in the Son. Verse 6 um, clearly tells us that a relationship with God is through Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, now, this, this slide that we have here um, reflects upon the unity of the Trinity, the three in one. Um, hence why those three people are sort of, they're not big hugs, they're sort of trying to represent three in one. Um, and I've thrown a few extra words there on the bottom um, to, to try and reflect their sort of roles uh, in our spiritual lives. So, um, you know, Father or other words for, for that, Abba or Yahweh. Um, for the Son, the Shepherd, the Voice of Truth. For the Holy Spirit our counsellor, interceder, or helper. Um, I've taken, I've taken um, some notes out of the word for today, and that around verse 12, which is, whoever believes in me 
will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. It's good to read about what Jesus did when he walked amongst us. But when you see someone living the way he did, it's called putting skin on Jesus. Instead of just being an historic figure, his lifestyle becomes a reality. And isn't that what we're looking for? Um, An example, um, probably 20 plus years ago, our kids probably only ranged from about nine down to about five. We went to Australia on the Gold Coast um, and it was early morning. This was sort of mid-September. You know, shorts, a T-shirt, it was 30 degrees in the shade. Um, And it was quite early in the morning. We were right on the coast and we're looking out there and then there was a picnic table Um, And here was this guy, uh, an Aborigine guy, who was lying on the ground. Um, He had a great big heavy coat on. He'd obviously slept there all night. I think his pillow was was the bottle of booze that he'd finished. Um, And he just wasn't responsive at all. Um, And so we looked at this guy and we sort of looked and said, well, this guy needs help. You know, what do we do? And we go, yeah, what do we do? We're in a a strange country. You know, we knew that we should be helping him. Um, Along came a lady, sort of, while we were contemplating this, went over to him, bent down and said, are you all right? And there was only a few mumblings. And um, she said, well, you stay there. And he wasn't really going anywhere. Um, And she walked off. Well, probably a couple of minutes later, she came back uh, with some orange juice um, and something for him to eat, um, you know, and, and set him up and gave him a drink, gave him something to eat, you know. That's really what we were thinking we should be doing, but it was this other person who was putting the skin on Jesus that day. Maybe you're wondering how we could possibly do greater things than Jesus, so this is just going back to the word for today. Uh, Here's how. Um, Jesus was one man confined to one place, whereas we, uh, Christians, we're his redeemed family and we're capable of multiplying his works throughout the world. Next slide. Okay. Um, So if we want to know about putting skin on Jesus, what it looks like, The Bible lists these nine fruits or Christ-like qualities that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in your life. Um, So love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think I was after a couple of those this morning as I was chasing around those calves. Um, they're, they're the, um, the fruits of the Spirit. Um, in my prayers, I'll quite often pray uh, in the morning. Um, well, typically, as I'm going to work, as I'm getting close to work, uh, and I'm in my car on my own, I'll pray. And one of the things I quite often pray for is to be filled with love, joy, and peace uh, for the day ahead. Um, in my earlier years, um, you know, going back to when our kids were quite young and, and three young kids running around, um, I used to pray for self-control. Um, perhaps my temper wasn't 
quite what it should be, you know. Things wouldn't go right. Uh, um, using tools wasn't too good. I tended to hit my thumbs with the hammer more so than the nail head. And it was, it was a, a bit like, you know, Homer Simpson, why you little? And um, so, so over the years, you know, I've, I've asked, I've prayed for um, self-control, for temper. Um, and um, maybe it's because I've sort of got a bit older and mellowed, but um, I think it's more to do with the, the prayer than anything else. There's also um, spiritual gifts listed in the Bible. Um, so this table behind me, um, it gives four different references to spiritual gifts. Um, and th- some of them obviously are the same. I just picked them out, copied copied that. There's various places, and they refer to, to those uh, spiritual gifts. So again, we've got the fruits of the Spirit that we uh, can pray for to, to be filled with. Um, and again, we've got these spiritual gifts. Hopefully you can see from these last two sides that our Father can bless us with many gifts. The question is, are we prepared to ask to be blessed with those gifts? The gifts that, that the Father will give openly to us if, if we ask for them. Um, a couple of, of other common prayers that, that I might pray. Um, praying for wisdom, for knowledge and discernment for, for my day, uh, at work, outside of work. Um, if I'm having a, a bad day at work, you know, the numbers just aren't working for me. Um, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll stop and um, I'll pray again. I'll pray into that situation. I'll pray for peace. Uh, I'll pray for for knowledge. I'll pray for discernment about what I'm doing. I also pray for the Holy Spirit to to guide my thoughts and actions. Um, Again, you know, early in the day, you're you're wanting to set your day up, um, you know, so invite the Holy Spirit into your life for that that day, for for the time ahead. I pray for my family. I pray for protection and grace over their lives for, for, for today, for days ahead. I, I pray for our children and for our grandchildren. I pray for their salvation and that the Holy Spirit will be at work in, in their spiritual lives. Um, you know, I think that's really, really important um, that what we speak into, into those situations, we speak into those people's lives, you know. Our family are the ones that, uh, that we love sort of most dearly here on earth. Why shouldn't we be doing everything that we can to, to have them, you know, with us in eternal life as well? On to this next one. Um, so wisdom, uh, one of the, the gifts that we've seen. So I thought I'd just pull out um, some Bible verses um, that relate to um, to wisdom. Um, last night we were we were out for dinner, um, and, and one of the ladies there said, um, at the church that their friends go to, the men have a have a um, a bit of a, a, a gathering, you know, um, and when they sort of talk together, um, it might go something like this: one man might say to the other, now. My, I've got a friend of mine, um, 
and his wife is having a birthday and I really don't know what to get for her. Uh, and one of the other guys go, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. I've got a friend and um, it's always good to buy your wife something. You've got to get her something. Even, you know, a nice bouquet of flowers, if nothing else, if you don't know of anything else you need. So it's sort of, here are these men talking in the third person tense. Um, uh, for us, and especially for men, um, we probably find it really hard to, to openly talk about spiritual things. Um, so one of the things I'd encourage uh, you men to do, if you're not doing already, is to find someone, you know, someone in the church or in your family that you can talk to, another man, um, and you know that he will be open, he will talk to you about spiritual matters, you know, in, in spirit and in truth. That's really, I think, really important. Um, one here, uh, this first one, um, and Jane, you'll recognise it, because uh, in our time when we were fellowshipping at St Margaret's, um, George and Nolene Rouse were there, and this was one that George would, would often um, use, uh, James 3.17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Very, very powerful verse, covers a lot of things in there. And I think if, if you know, if, if we're trying to look at our situations, our lives, where we are, there's a lot of really good points just in that one scripture that we should be, you know, assessing our situation on. One of the, uh, the next sermon was John 15, 1, I am the true vine. Um, I'll keep, keep this a fairly short. Now, one day I was at home, you know, quite a few years ago, sort of working away. And, um, you know, I was sort of doing a bit of pruning. Um, so you, when you're doing your pruning, you know, you've got to be a bit careful. So, so I was doing that and, you know, oh, is that right? Oh, I'll take another bit. Um, Jan might have been out and sort of um, come home and, you know, by this stage you could imagine what was sort of there and I'd moved on to a few other trees and, and um, so I was sort of hiding a little bit and Jan says, is that you out there, Craig? And of course, I had to answer, no. <laughs> Are those my good secretaries you're using? No. Um, and I was about to, you know, I had a sort of branch, sort of, you know, trying to, um, not really good. But um, I think one of the things about sort of the Holy Spirit and age, you know, uh, we get a bit more wisdom. So, so now... It's a bit more. It's a bit more like this, okay? Does that bring yeah, uh, well, some sort of relief. <laughs> yeah. um, so I see the time. So I'll finish off uh, in here uh, around um, with the Holy Spirit. So one way the Father can sort of um, do this. Well, well, I'll go there. The, the verse was, "I am the true vine, and the Father is the gardener." He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. 
Um, so one way the Father does that is through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Um, here's some, some thoughts from the word for today. Um, Jesus said, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will teach you things and bring to your remembrance all things I have said. So the Holy Spirit has two functions. He teaches you how to walk with God, and he reminds you to do it each day. Uh, as redeemed children of God, we constantly need to be taught how to walk with him and be reminded of the blessings that await us when we do and the trouble we get into when we don't. Another um, reading from Word for Today, Paul writes, The Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So what is this weakness in prayer that we're subject to? It's that sometimes we don't know how to express the depth of our desires and feelings, nor do we realise what we need. Sometimes we're so exhausted in spirit, mind and body that we can hardly muster the energy to open our mouths anyway. There are instances of discouragement that take such a strong hold of your heart that you can't imagine a way out of it. That's when you need to ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. When you are a believer, the Holy Spirit supplies you with two things that you can't live without. Firstly, the ability to know what God is saying to you. Sometimes we can't trust in our own wisdom and advice or those that are closest to us. And secondly, how to have an intimate relationship with God. One of the most wonderful things Jesus said was, I have called you friends. But friendships aren't built on a hit-and-run basis. They take time and communication. Jesus described his relationship with the Father like this. The Father loves the Son and shows him everything. And not only does the Holy Spirit show you what to do, he empowers you to do it. So seek his help today. Um, i just conclude then. Um, Murray had had a look over this and he said, oh, what are the takeaways for today? Um, well, I don't have one takeaway or one thing that you can add to your bucket list today that you can then tick off. Rather, I hope that you take something away from today's sermon that you use in your daily lives, both spiritual and worldly lives. Um, let us finish uh, with a prayer. Father, thank you for being the great I am. Father, thank you for your son Jesus, the I am he. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit, our counsellor and helper. Give us boldness to walk with you daily, to seek your gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit, and to know your voice and hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz.